Star Command? Come in, Star Command. Why won't they answer? Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we're just a bunch of bros drinking beer and talking movies. This is episode 107, and it is March, so you know what that means. We'll get to it in a second. I'm your host, the mayor, Jeff Hornacek. We appreciate you guys listening to us. Before we get started, let's go around and meet the fellow bros joining me tonight. We begin with our enforcer in the paint, Matt Geiger. Matt, if you were given the chance to speak to the trainees at the Cobra Kai Dojo, what would your message to them be, those impressionable young kids? Strike first, strike second, strike third. No mercy, sir. It's beautiful. Is that Old Testament? One more I strike. I love when he quotes scripture. <laughs> and next we have the mad scientist, Brian Banner. Banner, having not seen Geostorm, how realistic is the technology used in the film? Jeff, that's a documentary. Oh. It's actually so very uh, it's, realistic. It's on my DVR. I'm very excited to see it. It's actually, it's a lot of fun. It's it's not good, but it's fun. Okay. Uh, I love how Gerard Butler is a scientist. Like, what, what is with movies like The Rock being a zoologist in Rampage? Like, it they just, don't, you don't have time to lift that much. You can't, yeah, I just don't buy it. Especially, well... Never mind, I don't want to spoil anything about Gerard Butler. Wow, what a tease. All right, if you have not listened to our show before, we begin every episode with the most important thing in any bro's life, and that is our chest day. So, today, we begin chest day with its march, so get your brackets ready and make sure you have a fucking eraser. Our fourth movie madness tournament is here. This is where we create a bracket involving something in cinema. And we duke it out with you, the fans. We've done a 64 movie comic book movie madness tournament, uh, what, four years ago? An eight movie Star Wars turn- movie madness tournament three year- two years ago. And last year we did a 16 movie field of Pixar versus the World uh, movie madness tournament. So this year we're back to animation with the female animated characters movie madness tournament this is pitting 15 of our favorite female animated characters of all time and one puppet to see who is the best uh we've actually posted the first four matchups on our twitter in the first round which matt will give you the results of that in a second the bracket for this tournament you can find linked in the description of this episode and on our website at bro4squad.com so please help us decide the winners and before we actually get to the previous results uh and today's live scoring banner why don't you tell people how we uh seeded the respective female characters for this tournament so basically we all know that there are more female characters out there but we felt that these were the most um adapt to make a run in this tournament aside from miss piggy because that's my bad guys i was just thinking a strong female presence so i picked a puppet added her in there but it's fine she's a low seed anyway uh once we had our uh once we had all of our teams or contestants in there uh all five of the bros on the pod went through and we ranked them one through 16. We then averaged uh, those numbers out, and that gave us our seating. Again, you can check out the bracket at bro4squad.com. Uh, and that's how we, we came up with it, guys. So it's basically an average of how highly or low we thought of all the people. Uh, yeah. I, I like to say how high we thought of it. There's some – I'm very upset with some of the picks that the other bros had, I must say. And some of them aren't even here to defend themselves today, which is great. That's how we like to settle all of our arguments. It's the only way we settle it here at Bro4 Squad. All right, Matt, I'll let you do your uh, your little Michael buffer here because you are the best at the live scoring. Before we jump into it, why don't you explain to people the criteria that we're judging this on for the live scoring, and then maybe we can just recap the matchups that ended today, the four uh, that have already concluded. Yeah, first I'll go over the criteria we're going to be using to score on these. Obviously, the fans didn't use that. But if you're voting on our Twitter, you can use whatever the fucking criteria you want. I don't really don't care. The first one, the character's personality. Very important in a woman, um, I've been told. Two, <laughs> the respected arc in their movie or franchise. That the first attorney, one, I pictured behind your Skype camera, there's like a woman with a gun pointed yeah. to you. Like. <laughs> 
And number three, the last criteria, if we'd like to hang out with them in real life. Um, between the three of us, there are nine points up for grabs in each matchup. So first to five wins. Now first, let's go over the bracket. As Jeff said, um, we can find it linked in this video. Find it on our platforms. Find it on Twitter. If you want to vote in the Elite Eight, follow us on Twitter, at Bro4Squad. Please, we would like for you to vote on this. So the fans, Jessica Rabbit versus Elastigirl. Jessica Rabbit won 17-13, to 13, moving on to the Elite Eight. Lola Bunny versus Eliza, 21-7. Lola Bunny Elsa. moving on. Elsa, sorry. It doesn't fucking matter. She yeah, she's out. Matter. She's going home anyway, so we'll get her name wrong. Who cares? Nala, not the Beyonce one. And then, Banner, your movie with the rock chick. Moana, thank you very much. Moana won 13-8, moving on to the lead eight. And Ariel versus Bo Peep, which is actually a pretty good matchup, I thought. Fucking buzzsaw. Ariel, 25-12. to 12. Going on the lead eight. Bo Peep going back home to her sheep. So, <laughs> we're ready for matchup number one. We got a one seed versus 16 seed. Our chick's ready. The Fight. number one seed of the entire tournament, Princess Jasmine, taking on Jesse from Toy Story, number 16 seed. So, we'll just go around the horn. Jeff, Banner, then myself. First criteria, criteria the character's personality. Jeff. Um, this is a interesting way to start because Jesse, I actually think is very loyal. She's very kind. She can get a little annoying at times, but I don't think it's to the point where it bothers me. Princess Jasmine, Princess Jasmine is a bit stuck up for the majority of the Aladdin movie. I am actually going to even surprise myself here. I'm going to go Jesse for personality. I just think she's more laid back, easier going. Banner? Uh, I am actually going to echo a lot of what you say. Uh, Jasmine is... She's kind of a bitch at times, you know? I mean, that's not always, a, not always a bad thing, but let's be honest. She's not the friendliest person. She breaks the rules. A little rebellious. So, I mean, yeah, I'm going to have to go Jesse here. She's just... She she at the, at the end of the day she is kind hearted deep down to the core. I agree with everything you say about Jasmine, but since Jesse is voiced by Joan Cusack, I'd rather hear nails on a chalkboard. I'm gonna go with Jasmine. It's very fair. Yeah, uh, I mean wow. I can't argue. Number with one that. seed falling behind. Is this a look ahead game for Jasmine? Two one Jesse going into our second, their respective arc in their movie or franchise. Jeff. Uh, this one's, I mean, Jesse just hit a couple threes to open the game. I don't think anything to worry about here. She really, outside of Toy Story 2, has, is just totally superfluous in the movies. And I think it's even less useful as they go on. Um, and Princess Jasmine is like the whole fulcrum to Aladdin. Like, she's his whole motivation for doing what he does. So, not even close. I gotta go Jasmine here for story arc. Tied up 2-2. Banner. Uh, yeah, Jesse's just kind of there for 90% of the Toy Story movies. Um, I wouldn't even say that she, she's barely even a character, even in the second one when she has a, she has a big moment, like she scored 30 in one game, one time. That's her, her claim to fame. Other than that, she's kind of a role player. She'll take some charges. She's great in the locker room, but I mean, past that doesn't have a whole lot going for her. Again, Jasmine, the whole movie is literally about Aladdin falling in love and, and their courtship. That's Jesse doesn't have that. I'm going to go Jasmine as well and make it four to two Jasmine simply because not only the movie arc, but also the franchise return of Jafar and everything. Jasmine plays a coveted role in any Aladdin movie. Even I don't know. We're not doing the remake. These are just animated, but she plays way bigger role than Jesse. So four to two Jasmine, Going in to our third one, if we'd like to hang out with them in real life. So, Jeff, before you answer this, I just want to know this is going exactly the way I thought it was. And uh, with Me Too culture and stuff, we want to continue this, right? We're cool? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I just wanted to put this live on pod. So when we, if we do have a backlash, Cycle will let me keep my share of the contract. So go ahead with the third character arc. Um, I'll be brief. Jesse would annoy me a lot. With her yeehaw stick. Also, I'm hearing my voice on someone's speakers, and I 
don't want to talk about Jesse that much. Uh, I'll go Jasmine here. Look at what meeting her did to Aladdin's motivation and his goals in life. I would like a similar experience to that. So Jasmine in a runaway here. Anner? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that Jesse would be fun for about 15 minutes. And then I would want to hang out with Jasmine. I think that Jasmine, she's just a cool chick. She's kind of rebellious, like I said earlier. She she doesn't mind getting dirty, getting a little, uh, uh, getting into some trouble. But then at the end of the day, she's still a family family girl, and uh, I bet she can cook. I'm worried that Jesse the whole time would keep pointing out how much fun she is. I think we get it. <laughs> I also feel like if you start hanging out with Jesse, you're never gonna not be able to hang out with her. She'll always be there. She's, she's, she's she'll the chick always you'd have be over, there. She would. You'd think she was gone, but she was making breakfast in your kitchen. I'm gonna make it seven two, Jasmine. Um, lest we forget, I know that I think it was Banner said Jasmine is stuck up, but she actually wanted to go with the peasants and understand their way of life. So she's actually a pretty grounded chick. When you get to the nitty gritty of it, it's easy to do that though. When you know you can go back to the palace. <laughs> well, I know, but still, some girl like if she was really stuck up, she'd be like, "Ooh, I don't even want to associate with them. I don't want to go down there." But she did want to live amongst them to see kind of what it was like. So Jasmine, yeah, kind of like Jesse, over Jesse, and Jasmine's moving on to lead eight to face Jessica Rabbit. So get ready for that match. Wow, jeez, fire! Please hold. I know there'll probably be some porn comments. Just please hold them to yourself, gentlemen. We're Actually, no, just, just DM them to us. Don't yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> just, just tweet them. Tweet them to us. I mean, don't just not send them. But if okay, uh, matchups number two. Ladies, ready? Cinderella four seed. Wow, they must have lost their conference tournament or something. She should be higher than that. Versus Miss Piggy, a thirteen seed because Ronnie Cycli likes her for some reason. So. Let's go back. To I the think first... we need to start off by telling everybody Ronnie Cycli put her as his one seed, as and that is seed. just atrocious. It's disgusting. That is that is like a alumni being part of the college football playoff. You're like, yeah, I think Oregon needs to be in there. Like, but they're seven and three this year. They played t- USC Pop on the road losses. against a second a uh, second string quarterback. Come on. All right. First criteria: the character's personality. Jeff. This is tough for me because Cinderella has one of, if not the most blah personality. Okay, I'll say second most blah to Anna on this whole bracket. But Miss Piggy, I just feel like she is so verbally and sometimes physically abusive to Kermit that I can't reward that. And I'm sorry, Ronnie Cycling. And I know that she's a strong, independent woman, but the side of her that we typically see She's a nagger, and she's not very positive, and she's kind of a consummate thorn in Kermit's side. So I think Cinderella, just for being a more relaxed person, I'm going to have to give her the point. Banner? Yeah, I'm just going to build on that. Uh, And Cinderella's also hardworking, and I mean, she knows how to have a good time. She went to the ball, but she didn't stay out too late. I think that's good, good manners instead of just beating the shit out of your husband. Like Miss Piggy does. It's disgusting. I'm going to clean sweep it. 3-0 Cinderella. Dude, you get a chick that, you know, her evil stepsisters are just bitches to her and everything. She doesn't know how hot she is. A a guy that's a six could come and date her. And those are a dime a dozen. We need to be thankful for those as human beings. And honestly, she's, like you said, man, she, she might be blah, but she's not over the top either or kind of bitchy so cinderella three nothing the second one's going to be interesting the respective character arc in their movie or franchise jeff okay i'm going to give this one to miss piggy solely for her portrayal in muppets take manhattan when kermit gets amnesia she is relentless in bringing him back uh to the muppets and i think really showed that she loved and cared for him um at a time where the rest of the Muppets had basically punted on him as a, as a frog. They're like, he's not going to remember us. That really moved me in Muppets Take Manhattan. And as a result, uh, I'm going to give Miss Piggy my point here for character arc. Banner. Look, we gotta, we gotta think about the adversity 
that Cinderella has been through. Mom died. Then her dad died, and she's stuck with her stepmom that beats her and her stepsisters that beat her. Is she beaten on camera? I don't. And she that? still I don't comes think out. That's very accurate, but keep going. Was Ray Rice's wife beaten on camera? Yes, yes. she was. Everyone saw it. Okay, well then. <laughs> I didn't know maybe that. Maybe not. Forty-year-old virgin. I didn't. I know did that. not that. Not knowing. Uh, Miss Piggy is the same. With aside from Muppets Take Manhattan, she's the same character. In every single movie, there's nothing. There's no overlying arc. They don't build on each other. She's just, she's just a an ugly pig, the entire movie. Wow. So Cinderella, I guess, is who you're giving it to. Cinderella. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Miss Piggy. This is why, fellas. If you're engaged or married for a couple years, I hope you think your fiance or your wife's pretty. But after a while, guys, you know. Sex might get a little stale, and you might need someone to dress up a little bit. Miss Piggy has played a lot of different roles with a lot of different dress-ups. She keeps it fresh, man. Keeps her relationship fresh. You need a girl like that. It's fine with me. I'll give her this point. 4-2, though, Cinderella going into the last one. <laughs> Which one would we like to hang out with in real life? Jeff? I'm going to say Miss Piggy just for the per- sole purpose of I would love to just ask her – for some juice, some details, some stories about working with the other Muppets for so long. Like, who's the bad boy? Like, does Gonzo really have a drug addiction? What's Fozzie like on set? Uh, and Cinderella, while she's a sweetheart, I just, I don't know. Nothing about, like, going out with her would really excite me. Like, to a restaurant or taking her to, like, a party. So, um, I'll have to go Miss Piggy here. You ever think Jim Henson got a little handsy? Some are Muppets. <laughs> Banner, sorry, I did. That was a good one. Yeah, well, thanks, Banner. Um, yeah, you're not gonna catch me dead hanging out with Miss Piggy. I I don't like to get beat on a regular basis. Um, and here's the thing: you're good friends with Cinderella. You got a shot at one of her three slutty sisters. So, you know. Who would probably sleep with you just to get back at Cinderella? That's true. You know? yeah. See? That's what I'm saying. Well, that's, that's not a big plus. I don't know what is. That's five, and Cinderella wins. I'm just going to go ahead and make it six because Banner made an outstanding point. So six to three. Cinderella moving on to face Lola Bunny. This is a top-heavy fucking bracket, gentlemen. Jesus. Very good matchup. All right. Matchup number three, ladies. Ready. Our two-seed, Belle, goes up against our 15-seed, Dory. Characters, personality, Jeff. Uh, Belle. I hate Dory, and Belle is phenomenal in every aspect of this. I have nothing else to add to it. Banner? Yeah, Dory is the most annoying character on this entire bracket. And I know I just I just gave Miss Piggy a lashing but if it was Miss Piggy versus Dory, hey, Miss Piggy, we're best friends. Yeah, Belle, clean sweep. Guys, Belle reads books. I don't read books. I don't want her to make me read books if we date. But it's kind of hot that she reads books, so she's getting the point. Three nothing. Our second one, their respective arc in their movie or franchise, Jeff. Uh, yeah, this is one's going to be over pretty quick, I think. Belle, again, I mean, obviously she is the whole reason that the Beast changed his ways. I love how Belle just will not hook up with Gaston, and he doesn't fucking understand why. And it drives him crazy. Like, the frat guy is like, I don't get it, I held the door open for you. Why are we not having sex now? Um, <clears throat> and Dory, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even see Finding Dory, but that's because I hated Dory so much in Finding Nemo. And we're big Ellen DeGeneres fans on the show. Her character is just so poorly <laughs> written, and it's like... I mean, I loved Ellen DeGeneres' speech at the Oscars. I, I love Ellen. Yeah. I've loved Ellen since her original show. I don't Good mind blow, Dory as much as you guys, I don't think. but she's I don't know, man. She's just like, I, I don't understand the fascination with her. Her humor is derivative of the fact that she has short-term memory loss. So, I mean, it's kind of fucked up. And it's also not funny. So, uh, I'll go Belle again for a character arc. Jeff went with Belle, but he's like, I'm going to go back and just put a little more blood in court. <laughs> real quick banner um i am actually going to say dory 
Uh, I know you said you did not see Finding Dory, but that entire movie revolves around her uh, finding her parents who actually were in an aquarium and her breaking into that aquarium and rescuing her parents. Kind of the, it's a little bit of a retread of the first one. It sounds exactly the same, but. Yeah, it pretty much is. But <laughs> Except just with her, I'm going to throw up. Now, Nemo and Marlin are actually really good at it. Uh, there are some parts that I like. I prefer Finding Nemo a billion times more than Finding Dory. But Belle, I don't know. I, to me, her arc isn't. She's just kind of the, the straight straight edge, same person, same same person going into the movie that she was coming out of the movie. Um, I know she had a big influence on the Beast, but I think that attests more to his character arc than hers. I'm going with Belle, 5-1. Men, men are terrible. We're beasts. We should be put in kennels. We eat wolves. We're moody. So we need a woman like this to just make us not good, just not as bad. So I really like her arc, because that is pretty much any love story ever. The man is, sucks, and he's smelly, and he just... He's a woman just to, instead of making him like 100% bad, just, you know, 92, maybe 88. She's really good. All right, number three, who do we like to hang out with more? I mean, do we even really need to, why do we even do it? (laughs) If you want to hang out with Dory, you need to go to the doctor. Because there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I agreed. That's eight one. Bell moves on, um, facing Moana in the second round. Yeah, Moana in the second round. All right, all right, let's see who's facing Ariel in our last matchup. Our number three seed, Mulan versus Anna. Anna from Frozen. That's Kristen Bell. Wow. Okay. All right. First criteria: characters' personality. Jeff. Elsa, I thought was Kristen Bell. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Elsa is. My bad. I've still never seen it. It's okay. So you should know where all my points are probably going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, personality. Uh, well, I'll talk about this coming up. I just I rewatched Mulan uh, this past week. It is incredible. Um, and gotta give my point to Mulan. She'll probably win most of my points here. Anna, while she's the main character in Frozen, I really don't think that the movie showcases her personality very well. So I'm gonna go Mulan. Uh, just to clarify, Anna is Kristen Bell. I thought it was Elsa. I thought so. No. Oh, Elsa okay. is, uh, Zena Mandel or whatever got it, her name got is. Got it. Yeah. I may so change your stance well, on not personality. One, but I'm glad you made that correction. And if you're listening at home, screaming at your headphones, I don't protest to be the Frozen expert. That's Banner. Unfortunately, yes, I fall on that sword. Um... Personality-wise, just, uh, again, I think that Mulan is very straight and focused and has a goal and is very narrow-minded and very tunneled vision on that goal, where Anna is a little bit more, woo, loop-de-doop-de, and and I think that she has a little bit more of a bubbly personality, and she is always positive. I mean, her sister tried to kill her when she was a kid, and she... Still wanted to be friends with her. So I'm going to go Anna here. Uh, I'm going Mulan simply because this is um, this is what people are trying to do now, except they're trying to make franchises into, you know, powerful women. This was written <clears throat> as, you know, an original powerful woman. I think it was from a book, wasn't it, Banner? Or did they just think, make this up? No, uh, but, I think it's based on something. But this is, this is a good story. Um, women powerful, powerful woman warrior that kicks a lot of ass. So I love I love the character arc there. All right. Number two, respective arc in their movie or franchise. Jeff? I mean, how, how can I not pick Mulan here, dude? She saves all of China like a badass. Because let's be honest, Mushu, while he was good emotional support, of all the guardians the ancestors could have sent, like physically, he's the least helpful. And the lucky cricket admitted he wasn't even lucky. So Mulan really pulled this one out of her ass, saved China, defeated the Huns. Got to give her credit here. Although Elsa saved Arendelle because her sister is going, or excuse me, Anna, her sister is going fucking insane in both movies. Um, but China, I think, is bigger than Arendelle. So I'll go Mulan. Three, three, one, Mulan banner. Uh, 
Is Arendelle still population-wise bigger than China to date? Doubt it. Doubt it. No? Okay. It was a coronavirus joke. Nobody got it? Okay. Uh, I was, oh, I, I got you. I had three, and now I can't use them. We're trying to just do one coronavirus, coronavirus joke for a show. Yeah. Sorry. I, I had to take just, it. Because um, Mulan is, gotta honestly, go... the, the ball's already on the tee with Mulan. Yeah. Yeah, it's Mulan. Uh, again, I don't think Anna really has a great arc uh, in that franchise. Uh, whereas Mulan, like Jeff said, she saves all of China from the Huns. And we all know the Huns are some bad mammer jammers. So. They're scary, dude. <laughs> they really are. That fucking hawk. Jesus. He's smart, too. I'm going Mulan, too. I mean, the song's in it, the character arc. It's a it's a very good fucking story. I hope they do it justice here in about, I think, a week or two weeks. I think it comes out March 27th um, with the Disney live action. But this is a really good, dare I say, underrated Disney movie is Mulan. So five very to underrated. one. Mulan is winning. It won. But just for shits, we'll do the last one. Which one would we like to hang out with more? In real life. I'll actually go Anna here. Yeah. Um, her and, and Kristoff have a really nice rapport. She's a lot of fun. Mulan, understandably because of the time and what's going on, has to be very serious. Um, I think Anna would be fun to hang out with. So I'm going to go Anna here. Uh, yeah, Anna's good for about four beers. Beer five, she's going to get a little sloppy. That's what I'm out. But... Uh, at least she'll have some beers where Mulan won't. So I'm going to go Definitely. Anna as well. Wow, Mulan made it close. Five to four Mulan, because I'm giving it to Anna too. I mean, if I go hang out with Mulan, I'm going to be in quarantine for the next two fucking two weeks when I fly back. So I'll just uh, I'll just stick it with Anna. I had a better one, Banner, and you fucking, like, I was saving it till the end, and Banner prematurely. I, I really hope we listen to this podcast in two years and we don't even get the joke anymore. You know, that's that's a dream scenario for uh, me. I guarantee you we will. Yeah. I uh, don't think we're going to have a problem all right. with that. So Mulan won and they, Mulan is facing Ariel in the lead eight. So the lead eight is set. What yeah, are the matchups going to be tough. We have Jasmine versus Jessica Rabbit, right? Yep. Then so we have Cinderella versus Lola Bunny. Belle versus Moana. And Mulan versus Ariel. Wow. Once so again, the, you can check out all that on our Twitter. We got the bracket. We have the bracket linked to our Twitter. I think Jess said we'll link it in the description here too. Yep. Yeah, it's also along. at the top of our website. Follow us on Twitter and vote. Vote your little pants off. It's uh again, this isn't North Korea, so get out and vote. Not yet. It might be. So you might want to vote, you know, soon. <laughs> Um, that actually reminds me when we get off the pod, I have a very funny North Korea meme that I'll send you guys has nothing to do with anything. Um, I'm excited though. Uh, anything you guys want to add before we move on to the second part of the show, anything surprise you from this only lower seat to win was Moana against Nala. Nala got no love in the voting. I was kind of surprised by that. I guess I mean she can't feel the love tonight. It, it was our fault. We thought bestiality was a lot more popular with the kids than it. I guess is. It's the only I'm guy. surprised. I'm surprised that Mulan Anna was so close uh, for us. That was yeah. Surprising. I mean, Frozen, Frozen On the surface, that movie. was surprising. It's a huge movie. It is. Rec- I was gonna say recency bias for me, having just seen Mulan, might have definitely tilted in its favor you guys really love mulan it's so fucking good in a weird way like once it's brought up like literally everyone else has to drop their conversation and just talk about mulan for half an hour i'm not sorry i'm not sorry i understand the problem jeez uh all right well then why don't we use that segue to go on to the second part of our show which is our protein shake where we go around and talk about what have we watched lately uh, we should, probably should have prepped this, Banner. How many things do you have you want to talk about? Uh, I've got two. Two. That's it. Oh, that's yeah, it. I got two, too. It's, like, my busy time at work. I haven't got to watch that much. Is one of them counting The Bachelor, Matt? One of them's counting The Bachelor, because I think The Bachelor might take maybe a couple minutes. Yeah. All right. Let me, let me knock a couple of mine out first, because I have, like, nine, but one, some of them are really short. 
Uh, God, I saw Mulan. Are you watch that much in a week? <laughs> yeah, I saw Mulan on Disney Plus again. Obviously, not a first time watch. It is an incredible movie. The music is awesome. It all holds up. Everything Eddie Murphy was doing as Mushu was cracking me up. Um, Mushu's great. He is really good. I'm really is he, interested. Is he the most underrated sidekick of all Disney movies? He might be. And I put in our letterbox review, if you don't like what Mushu's giving you, then this movie might not work. Uh, but I, I was digging it. Um, and the story is just so incredible, dude. The score is great, which they're keeping for the live action. They're obviously taking out Mushu and the music, so... Well, I those are two I, I, really big things you're taking out. I think as, as far as their live action remakes, Mulan has the highest ceiling, but the lowest floor. Like it could be the worst, but it also could be the best. I'd agree with that statement. It's high risk, high reward here. Yeah. Um, speaking of Disney, I saw the movie Onward in theaters. The one with uh, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland voicing the brothers in like oh, uh, yeah. mythical uh realm dude it was it was pretty good um my mom i saw with my mom she was like bawling at the end very emotional movie as only pixar can do chris pratt is hilarious in it like the chris pratt we love he plays like a jack black character from orange county he's like a burnout (laughs) who's like out of high school hasn't done anything with his life and he drives like a shitty beat up van and tom holland's his brother who's like in high school so chris pratt is just kind of like the loser who like can't get it together and then make a fun little uh, combination. So I would, I would highly recommend seeing onward banner. I told you, uh, you guys would definitely love it as big Pixar fans. Yeah. I think we're actually going this weekend for, uh, for baby banner's birthday. Oh, nice. It seems like, like a banner a movie when I saw it preview. Definitely. Uh, I, <laughs> I, don't I do have to say this. No, if that's a compliment or not, but thank you. No one does. I, I didn't write this down, but, dude, the new SpongeBob movie, that has got to be the worst fucking trailer for a movie I have ever seen in my life. It, like, actively upsets me. It's so unfunny. There's a, there's a scene, just to give you a little microcosm into how bad this thing looks, where Patrick and SpongeBob are at, like, a casino, and they're gambling. And Patrick points to the seven on the craps table and says, you should bet on L. And SpongeBob says, no, Patrick, that's seven. And Patrick says, seven starts with an L? Yeah, just let that marinate for a little bit. Okay? So, you know, I was having a good pod. Are like 30 now? Yeah, I I don't know who the demo is. (laughs) I don't understand. It's not like Sonic that's just so old it's nostalgic now that people might come out of the woodwork to see. I don't... And also, unlike Sonic, this is just so fucking dumb that, like, there has to be some built-in audience to go see it. They've all aged out. The best part about SpongeBob is when he is walking around in his underwear in Orange County and Jack Black's high on the couch laughing. That's, like, the only part I remember from SpongeBob. <laughs> and the laugh is like... <laughs> yeah, he's just like, that's hilarious. Uh, one real quick thing I, I watched... Uh, Taken. It was on TV yesterday, dude. That movie would be an incredible commentary. Like, we should do that actually. It's it's really good. It's I love how he, we should do a a drinking game anytime Liam Neeson breaks someone's arm, take a drink because that is his fucking move in that film, <laughs> dude. Where he like takes the guy's arm and like pins his body down. He must do it literally at least thirty times in what I saw, and I was like only half paying attention. Um. All right, this one I, I need to talk about real quick. So I went on this DVR binge uh, like a couple months ago. I was getting like free – like all the free movie channels for like three months. And anything that looked even remotely interesting, I was like, all right, let me throw that on the DVR because when I lose the movie channels, I'll still have it. And I think I was drunk when I did this, but there was a movie called MXP, Most Extreme Primate. Now, this is obviously the third movie in the Sports Playing Primate trilogy. The original was Most Valuable Primate in 2000, where Jack the Chimpanzee plays pro hockey. Then we have MVP2, Most Vertical Primate, in 2001, where Jack is a professional skateboarder. And then this one came out in 2004, and it sees Jack taking on the mountains as a pro snowboarder. Now, Matt, you'll love this. Bowling for Soup has two B-side tracks on the soundtrack. (laughs) Yes, good. (laughs) <laughs> for them. 
There's a scene where the monkey's just going down the mountain, and I heard that recognizable. Hey, hey, hey. I was like, is that bowling for Sue? High school never ends. <laughs> I saw them in concert. It wasn't really a concert. It was a parking lot party for St. Pat's, and they were all so fat. It I was, was going to say, isn't their lead singer like 300 pounds? He's like really fat. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so the, I won't even waste your time with the plot of the movie. It's pretty fucking stupid. Basically though, this monkey, it's like home alone. He accidentally gets put on the wrong plane. He was supposed to go to Mexico and he ends up in, I think, Colorado. Um, why was he going to Mexico? Easy mistake to make. Manor, don't have time to explain. But anyway, because he was going to Mexico, he had on a, a sombrero and a poncho. So when he ends up in Colorado, the two boys who find him assume he's, like a Mexican chimpanzee. And there's a line that I want to share with you. The kid's brother thinking again that Jack is from Mexico because he had a poncho on. He says, and this is his voice. He goes, don't worry. We'll get Jack back home. I'll make some phone calls today. Talk to the Mexican consulate, Taco Bell. I'll figure it out, bro. No worries. (laughs) Is this commentary like worthy? (laughs) I think so. It's really short and really bad. The last thing I want to say is the best part of this whole fucking movie, in the final race at the end down the mountain, Jack the Chimpanzee gets third fucking place. <laughs> Isn't even a win. Do you win? Like, it's like a little big league? This is like a, are you sure it's not like a participation trophy situation? I remember watching it and I was like, you, what is the director doing? He's like, well, if he wins, that'll just be unrealistic. I mean, he has to get third. Uh, and then one last thing, I keep a running Google Doc just of all the movies I've seen since uh, 2010 is actually when I started it. And I put it in alphabetical order. And I had to laugh because when I put MXP Most Extreme Primate in, it's right above Mystic River. And I couldn't help but think <laughs> how telling that is for how diverse movies are. That on There's some list out there where Most Extreme Primate is right next to Mystic River. That's um, incredible. Uh, last thing I'll say I watched before I get to Bachelor. I saw The Way Back in theaters today. That's the uh, the Ben Affleck basketball movie. And it's actually pretty good. Um, it's like, kind of like the Mighty Ducks, but like a hard R version of it. And Affleck actually, he kind of brings the heat in this one, man. Maybe because his character going through alcoholism and a separation from his wife, like he's like, oh, I know what that's all about. I just don't I mean, want to see this because I've that. seen this movie like ten times. There's there's a couple uh, twists and turns in it that I think you won't see coming. It kind of avoids like the classic shtick that a lot of these movies fall into, All right. which is good. And um, there, but there actually is less basketball in it than I thought there would be. Like really not. Not near as much as I would have liked to be honest. But his his character's pretty interesting. And dude. There is one scene where he puts down in one night probably a whole case of beers on his own, like 30 beers. It's pretty impressive. Reminds me of College Banner. Yeah, that was a Tuesday for Banner. Yeah, I I mean, jeez. All right, Banner, I'll turn it over to you. What's in your cup? Um, All right, I've got two things. Um, Do we want the real thing or the just ridiculous thing? New movie or existing movie that we've already seen? Well, we're going to get them both, right? Is this just the order? Well, yeah. I'm just asking which one you want first. Oh, first. Uh, let's go with the existing thing first. So last night I watched Day After Tomorrow. Guys, it's a bad movie. Really? I remember liking it as a kid, but like it's super CGI heavy and it's not like the good. It doesn't hold up. Uh. Jake Gyllenhaal plays like a he definitely listens to Good Charlotte for sure. Just like a little whiny bitch the whole time. And Dennis Quaid is like an absent father that all of a sudden wants to care because his kid is frozen in New York City. It's just not just not good. It was it's really long. Like it feels like it's 16 hours long. I don't know exactly how long it actually is. Is it, how did you watch it? Like, is it on TV with commercials? Uh, no, it wasn't on TV. I think it popped up on, like, my uh, Amazon account. Like, you might like this. And I was like, you're right. I think I will revisit that. And I regretted that about 20 minutes in. But we know I have a problem when I finish the movie. I remember there being, like, really bad CGI wolves. Was that a yes. thing? 
Yeah, that was a thing. There's really bad wolves. Like everything with the storms are really bad. It's just what causes the storm again. So it's oh, and it's a huge, just like political global warming, like poster commercial. Basically, they say, oh, the polar ice caps are melting, so it's putting more fresh water into the ocean, and the salt is – it's making the oceans less salty, which is then going to cause the weather to be erratic, and that's what brings on the Ice Age. Is Paul Giamatti in this too? Mm, I don't know. I don't remember. I thought Paul I remember Giamatti? the bald guy who played Rhino. That's what you would know him from, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm, I don't think he is. I thought I remembered him being like one of the scientists with Dennis Quaid. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I I don't know. Um, but yeah. So if you guys want to revisit that, it's really bad. All right. New thing I watched this week. Like I said, it was a light week. Watched a movie called Time Freak. You guys seen this? Heard of this? I've not. No. So it's another uh, time travel movie, which. I mean, we all love time travel movies on this pod. Um, I actually like this one. It didn't, it didn't do anything like crazy where you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. But it also didn't do anything like, well, that's stupid. We're, you know, that's dumb. Why would you do that? Um, basically, uh, you have a physics genius uh, played by my boy Ozzy Butterfield, and oh, his bartender, his bartender girlfriend Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. And then his best friend is played by the kid in Santa Clarita Diet. Um, hold on, I had his name pulled up. Skyler Gizondo. Uh, kind of a goofy kid. His character doesn't really hit. They try and make him like a stoner, and it just it just doesn't work. Dude, is there anything um, worse than when the stoner kid just is not working in a movie? Yeah. It's so annoying, right? Like, well, and they're, they like shove – that's the only knock I have on this movie. They shove it down your face. You're like, are you high right now? Are you high right now? It's like, if you have to ask him and he has to tell you, then you're not doing it right. Geiger and I could probably put together from, like, the early aughts, like, early 2000s movies, every single teen comedy had that guy in it, and it probably only worked, like, 30% yeah. of the time. <laughs> it's like, you're the, you're the comedic relief you have to hit. Here's a beanie and some baggy clothes. The rest will take care of itself. Um. So, basically, Butterfield is a genius physics genius he figures out how to time travel and he focuses on figuring out how to time travel because sophie turner breaks up with him at the beginning of the movie and then he their relationship so he goes back in time to fix their relationship and he becomes addicted you know i don't know i mean he's a he's a man jeff do men do that they're pigs so probably not um but he and his best friend, the Santa Clarita Diet Kid, uh, they get addicted to time traveling, going back in time and changing things. Um, addicted to time it, That's the millennial movie, version of death, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Matt, you'll love this. The first I'm episode. Or all the, of this, actually. The first uh, scene of the movie, it tripped me out. It wasn't the best scene of the movie, but my God, did it set a tone. Like. After that first scene of the movie, I was like, I'm in. I'm ready to go. It, it was it was the epitome of show me, don't tell me. Banner was like, the gummy's hitting a little early here. It, it, it hit hard. It all, it all came together <laughs> at the same time. Uh, I'm kind of digging. After I watched Netflix? it, though, I think it was on Hulu, actually. Okay. I think that's where I caught it from. Um but uh, when I got done watching it, it gave me a – you guys remember that Black Mirror episode with Toby Cavell where they could, like, rewind what they've seen? Yeah, that's how he it, catches his wife cheating on him. Yeah. It so kind of gross. reminded me of that. Like, it kind of makes you think, like, what if this actually existed? Like, would I have done that? Or, like, how would you have handled that? It's – I don't know. It, it kind of tripped me out at the end. But it had some some funny stuff in it. There were some times where I laughed, and I was really mad that I laughed. Um, overall, though, I liked it. Gave it a, gave it a good uh, good little watchy-poo. Would you say it's harmless? No, this could definitely do some harm. 
This is, uh, again, it's a time travel movie, Jeff. Come on. That's true. All right, Matt, how about you? What'd you watch? Uh, before we get to The Bachelor, I did get a chance to watch Jojo Rabbit. Quick opinion, I don't know if it's better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Marriage Story, but this is a very, very good movie. I have to throw it almost in a category like Get Out, how it's extremely relig- uh, original. I have not seen a movie like this before, I don't think. Um, I haven't seen a movie that's a comedy, other than romantic comedies, which I don't really feel are that good of movies, but... It was funny, but you almost like you laughed a lot, you cried a lot, then you were mad some, and it was it was it had every single type of emotion all rolled into one, and they did it fucking perfect. Taika Waititi, I think, is our generation's fucking like Tarantino, and I mean he's gonna be a fucking monster in the yeah. next probably five to ten years. Everything he's done so far. I mean, he does a Thor movie, and he does it like the best Thor movie we've ever fucking seen. And then he does something like this that's just like an art piece, a timepiece, and it's has a great message, great acting. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but there was a scene that uh, with ScarJo that I was like, damn, okay, this movie just took a fucking turn. I was like, wow, I did not see this coming. It had a great message, and any great movie about – I've never seen a movie about Nazis where like, hey, let's make a Nazi movie and make it funny. It's almost like a South Park concept or something, but they did it great. Sam Rockwell was fucking great in it. <laughs> I love Sam Rockwell in the beginning where he's like, I shouldn't even fucking be here. You know, yeah. you accidentally shoot two guys and the Nazi is like, so he has to work this like summer camp he's not interested in at all. And that's actually true. They did have Hitler youth like they and they trained him young like they had young kids like that. The kid actors are great. The chunky Harry Potter looking kid. I laughed every fucking time he was on there. He's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the Nazis are like getting defeated. So he keeps getting promoted. Yeah. Like a I, rocket I just, launcher to take around in his wagon. I just want to see like a movie where if Jonah Hill goes like has a uh, flashback scene like he's young jonah hill or something but he is a fucking great actor it was a great movie it was on demand i actually paid for it because i didn't want to skip or anything but yeah man it's definitely worth your time very well very well done very um awarded for that oscar nom too i i think what jojo rabbit speaks to is like how deep the best picture nominees were this year yeah like just all I think I didn't see 1917, but I think I saw all the other ones and I really liked them all. Like remember a few years ago when it was like and these just aren't our types of movies. So this does and it's the problems on us. But when it was like Roma and The Favorite and I was like, dude, this stuff is the just worst was the year that The Shape of Water won. That was yeah, the that was the worst. Year. You don't like fish sex? I mean, uh, kind of seems like your problem. Not on the weekends, obviously. Mm, that's fair. Any movies about Nazis, though, really interest me. Um, I think I'm in the minority here where a lot of people are like, I can't believe that happened. I can't. I can't believe that happened. I can't believe Nazi Germany happened. Because even today, I mean, you see like 80% of the human population are just sheep that just follow. I mean, well, they, they just listen to – if one person says one thing, they take it as gospel and just run with it, and they just live the rest of their life like that. So I, I can believe that could happen. I think it could happen again, honestly, as sadly as that is. And I think the movie does a really good job of showing, like, how the impressionable youth – this isn't a spoiler. Like, the kid is buying everything the Nazi party's selling, and his own mom is against that yeah. in his house. And he still is impressionable enough, and there's enough propaganda out there that he's, like, still drinking the Kool-Aid, even yeah. though his own mother in his house is against it, which is kind of crazy. Great year for ScarJo, though, right? Endgame, Marriage Story, God. and JoJo Rabbit? yeah. Is very, there anybody hotter than her right now? Winning an Oscar because she, no one had a better. Every fucking movie she's in is like an Oscar, like worthy movie, pretty much. Do you think? I gotta put you on the spot here. Do you think she was better in? I know they're very different, but Jojo Rabbit or Marriage Story? I like her better in Jojo Rabbit because I just think, I think she had a deeper character arc, um, especially with the dad being gone. And the scene where she pretended to be the dad. And that how, was so good. So and, clever. And how she played a good mom, but then halfway through you realize, I'm like, oh, she's not with this agenda at all. Like, okay, she's one of the ones that want this war to end and just all this shit to be done and have it, – it was, it was very well done. And I've never seen a Nazi movie that basically – it put it in today's world where it's basically political. Like it was. It was political. Like 
the Nazis, everything they were doing is all about politics. And, and she talked deep about that. I thought she did. I, I thought this was her best role ever, honestly. What Waititi's so good at is like, it's a very obviously serious concept, but he makes it lighthearted in certain spots. But the scenes, like there's even a scene where him as Hitler, he's playing it serious and it works somehow. Like he can go from this slapstick dumbass to being like scary and imposing. It was Hitler when he started like screaming, like, don't you ever, ever do that. He's like, I won't. He's like, try not to. Like he'll just go from like zero to a hundred and then just push on the brakes. I was like, I was laughing my ass off at him the whole time. He did a great job. It's just weird that like Korg is Hitler. <laughs> it makes so, so sense. like hard to just wrap. That's your why mind I around. think he's the next Tarantino because he acts in his movies and he almost steals a show every time he acts. I know he's like not in that much of his movies, but yeah. you always want more of him. I mean, Tarantino did that too. I mean, Pulp yeah. Fiction. I mean, you you name it. He's in Django for a while. Sam Rockwell at the end. Obviously, I won't spoil it, but him at the end of the movie is just fucking incredible. <laughs> Hilarious. When he shows up, I'm like, dude, that's the only way you could. And you know who else I didn't actually mind was uh, who's the British chick from Pitch Perfect? Banner, help me out here. Is is she uh, the Rebel girl? Wilson? Rebel Wilson. I oh, actually, she's actually yeah. Australian, I think. But oh yeah, that enough. sounds right. She's fine. Right. I don't mind her. When she was having like the book burning party at the yeah. camp in the beginning, <laughs> that was pretty funny. All right. Did you watch anything else? Or you want to get into Bachelor? I'll, I'll go right into Bachelor. We have a we have a lot to unpack here. Uh, sorry. Can I get one more thing off out of my cup? Just because next week's going to be full. So I am trying to rewatch. It's going to take me a billion years, but I, I want to watch like the early seasons of The Simpsons, and it's on Disney Plus. Um, and I'm just starting from the beginning. And I've talked about the previous two a few episodes back, but I watched uh, season one, episode three, Homer's Odyssey. This one is Homer gets fired from the nuclear power plant, and then basically they rehire him when he threatens to sue them. But I had two funny quotes I wanted to get from this. So Bart, in the beginning of the episode, is getting on the school bus, uh, and they're about to go tour the nuclear power plant. And he says, don't make me sit next to Wendell. He pukes every bus ride. No offense, Reuben, who like no one one knows who any of these characters are. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. And lastly, there's a quote where when Homer is unemployed, Lisa is like looking through the classified ads to help him find a job. And Lisa says, Dad, there's a job opening at the fireworks factory. And Homer says, those perfectionists, I would never work for them. (laughs) That was pretty good. That's all I really have to say about it. I'll keep you guys updated. All right. Sorry, Matt. On to the Bachelor. Okay, Bachelor. Peter picked his chick and then picked another chick but there's a lot what? here so oh my god I'm there's so, a lot i never thought I'd be this excited about your guys madison sits down hey i just can't get over you having sex with somebody because of bible verse insert here hey, man, so can we do a little role playing why don't you be any girl on the show who's mad at peter and i'll show you how he typically reacts when he's confronted okay, okay? Peter, i'm mad at you for having sex in fantasy suites when I told you not to because I'm religious and stuff. Look, I hear that, and I totally get where you're coming from. And if I were you, I'd probably be saying the exact same thing, and I understand that, and I get what you're saying. For me, and the thing that I've always tried to do and I always preface this is follow my heart and be true to my heart, and I'm sorry if I hurt you, and I get that, and I hear where you're coming from, and I totally get that, and I hear where you're coming from, and I get that. But all I've tried but to I gotta follow, follow. At the end of the day, I gotta follow. I have to follow my heart, and I hope you can see that. And again, I get that, and I totally see where you're coming from. And if I were you, I'd probably feel the same way. Call it coach this speak. This not if you're real, in sales, right? If you're in sales like us, it's feel feel found. I, I I know how you feel when it happened to me. I felt the same way, and this is what I found from it. Whatever, it gets fucking old. I've I've seen it every Monday night. I'm glad it's fucking done. So Madison leaves. Hannah Ann's the only one, but she doesn't know she's the only one. Peter doesn't tell her she's the only one. And Hannah Ann doesn't think she won, so she wasn't going to show up to the fucking final rose ceremony. So no chick showed up to the final rose ceremony. Now, let me ask you this, Matt. <clears throat> so he – this is where, like, Hannah Ann – Hold on. Nobody showed up. No one no. showed up, and then finally Hannah showed up at the very end. Yeah, but Hannah Ann didn't okay. know. It was Hannah Ann Madison. <clears throat> Madison dumped Peter. It was not mutual. Madison yeah. dumped Peter two days prior, and pretty sure she left Australia, right? Like, she wasn't even yeah. there. And so she Peter, was not there for the rose ceremony at all. 
Peter doesn't tell Hannah Ann this because he would lose all leverage. That's it's not really about love. If Hannah Ann knew that he had no other options besides her, she would not have been interested at all. Yeah. And Matt, I'm sure he's about to get to this, but once that surfaces after him and Hannah Ann's engagement where she knows she was second fiddle, then problems start to arise. So Peter's crying over Madison. <clears throat> Hannah Ann finally shows up to the rose ceremony late. He thinks he has no girl. He's like, man, I better put a ring on this one before I'm, I had 40 chicks about two months ago. Now I have none proposes to her. So after they propose it's bachelor rules, bachelorette rules, whatever that you have to spend a month apart simply because they got to finish filming. They don't want it to leak. They don't want people to know. So they see each other after a month and basically Hannah Ann is like, Hey, I know you don't feel this for me. I figured out that Madison's wasn't there, whatever. And then Peter takes away the engagement. So my man, Chris Harrison <laughs> flies out to fucking Auburn. What? Alabama, where the fuck it is, Auburn, Alabama, to go talk to Madison, to ask him if he still loves Peter, and then Madison, who had a problem with Peter fucking a chick of the fantasy, fantasy suite, because of God, but doesn't have a problem a with chick, her two chicks. proposing that is a promise to God to marry a girl, then taking back the proposal and going to her. So I just want you to know, there's more than one verse in the Bible. It can't just be your favorite verse. You gotta, you know, rely on them all. But she takes him back after he takes out the proposal. Now insert the mom. <laughs> the mom Barb loved Wait, Hannah. Peter's mom, Madison. Peter's mom. Peter's, Peter's mom. mom. Peter's mom. An all-world psycho. Like. And because of course, who wouldn't love Hannah? Ann? He, she's known her for all of about two hours. She told Peter to marry her, and Peter's marrying Madison, and she is not having it at all. She, and Jeff. Before, We'll talk about her little speech that she gave, but the greatest thing is at the end, she talks to her husband in Spanish because of Yeah, Cuban. do you know what she said? Yeah, she said, say something mean and back me up here, or yeah. something along those lines, which this is what I want to get into. So, obviously, I could just type in what she said to Google and type in translate, but guess what, Jeff? I don't fucking have to because a million people on the internet are already doing it for me. So why did she think she was speaking in code – when basically there's a worldwide show of like, dude, people are going to know what you said in literally two minutes. It's going to be all over the fucking internet. And she loved that though. <clears throat> so her reasoning for not liking Madison. And again, obviously we don't know all this behind the scenes, but yeah. the show paints Barb as a psychotic control freak who is really just like a petulant child kicking and screaming. Cause she didn't get her also, way. Barb kind of paints Barb that way too. And she was really throwing her son under the bus. Like when Hannah Ann would bash Peter and the crowd would applaud, it would cut to Barb, his own fucking mom, like giving her a standing ovation. Could you see like, your mom doing that? Like that's your son you? that she's backing the bus over. Um, but Barb's reasoning behind not liking Madison is that Madison showed up late to meeting the parents and then didn't apologize for it. So, of course, then she can never marry. Barb was flown first class overseas to Australia, a beautiful place, and she had to wait three hours. Oh, the irony. Must be fucking rough. I don't know, Matt. That suite looked like it was only three bed and two and a half bath. So I was I was tired from the time change. I didn't even know what time it was. Plus, like, the, the Pinot Grigio was only room temp. It wasn't even chilled. And I have to sit here for three hours. Like, what else are you going to fucking do, Barb? So when Chris Harrison I'm asked Barb, what do you think of this relationship? He said he's going to have... To, to like, fail to succeed. Up, he's going to have to fail to succeed. And she even said, our friends, our family, everyone knows this is not going to work. Right in front of Madison. Which is fucking great. I Madison mean, is, I, I think, a, she thinks really highly of herself. And trust me, guys, if you're listening to the show and you take advice from us, don't ever date a really religious chick because you can't fight with God. God's always going to be right. So she's always going to be right. So Madison would probably not be one you'd want to marry. But once again, this is The Bachelor. We're guys. We're not very smart anyway. And I don't think Hannah Ann was all she's cracked up to be either. She just wanted to win the show because let's be honest, she can get a guy way hotter than Peter. Right. She – I think her true colors were kind of revealed uh, last night. Like when she was pissed and didn't have to play to the camera, she seemed like a totally different person. Yeah. Um, but it's just astounding to me how colossal of a fuck-up Peter is because he started this thing with 18 women 
And he only hooked up with two of them. And somehow at the end, they all hate him. And <laughs> like, it's kind of unbelievable. Or they all at least, like, based on the women tell all, almost worse than them hating him. Because chicks who hate you will sometimes still hook up with you. They all see him as either like a fucking friend or like a little brother. Or they just think he's a piece of shit. And I, w- I don't know when the live show ended last night. But if you ask me if Madison and Peter are still together as of right now, uh, considering there's no filming left to be done, I would say definitely not. It, the big thing, Jeff, is if he was a guy that had sex with everyone in the house, I think they'd like him more. Nothing's worse than a guy that can't make up his mind. Women right. fucking hate that. And <laughs> like, look, Matt, I get that. And I hear where you're coming from. And if I were you, I'd pr- that he's, he let off every single I, I still think he should have picked Kelsey. I thought him and Kelsey had the best. Whenever he picked Hannah Ann... And it went to commercial. I had to think. I'm like, they didn't really have any chemistry. There was never a time they were on a date. Where I'm like, oh, okay, I could see them being together. It was always Madison or Kelsey for me. Yeah, Kelsey, uh, for whatever reason, when she told Peter that she just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom the rest of her life on that mountain, I think that's when he was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, well, there's our review of The Bachelor, guys. If you want to see The Bachelorette, comment below. I don't know if I'm really into I've never watched The Bachelorette. I, I just think women are more entertaining than men. There, there you go. There you, there you go, um, Elizabeth Banks. Such you finally got to me. Elizabeth Banks, like, put your money where your mouth is. Our movie's on demand right now. Like, well, we didn't mean it that literally. Not actually acting, but yeah, that's... All right, that is Banner signaling to get to the last part of our show, which is our. Our question and answer segment, do you even lift bra? Where we ask a question that we want to leave you with. And today, in honor of Bloodshot coming out, it involves Vin Diesel, who let slip this past week in an interview promoting the aforementioned film Bloodshot, which you better believe I'm going to see and looks awful, that the Guardians of the Galaxy will be in the Taika Waititi-directed Thor Love and Thunder coming out next year. He, of course, plays Groot, which Matt and I always wonder, why do we even need him as Groot? Doesn't make sense. Now, this wasn't a huge reveal based on how Endgame ended with Thor and the Guardians flying off together, but this just pissed me off. And I have to ask, is he a little bitch for letting this slip, or is he just a little bitch in general? Banner, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I'm going to say in general. I mean, uh, okay, he's been in, what, four, three, four Marvel movies now? Do we not have enough, like, recorded stuff of him saying i am groot that we can just use that and not tell him what happens in these movies yeah why does he need the full script all he's supposed to say is i am groot anyway it's not that hard but anyway i don't know he's 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 a little piece of shit but i am excited for fast nine because it's gonna be awful you mean f9 whatever god get it right (laughs) geiger is is he a bitch for letting this slip or is he just a little bitch for being a little bitch He's just a bitch, dude. Vin, Di- Vin Diesel just needs to go away. Like, there's so many actors from, like, the late 90s that are just not a thing anymore. And how the hell Vin Diesel is, I have no clue. I, I didn't know. I don't know how he got the Bloodshot franchise, honestly. Like, how did he get that? And how is he in Marvel? He plays a fucking tree. Literally, I could do that because you change and alter my voice. I. He's not even a Guardian. Bradley Cooper is more of a Guardian because at least he does a voice. Vin Diesel yeah. doesn't even do a voice. I, it's like it's not even that he's typecast in these roles. It's it's like because that would imply that there's like a certain skill set that he has. I, he, he doesn't even have that, you know. Like for as much as we hate him, Josh Gad is typecast. He's like the short, fat, thinks he's funny guy. That's at least niche. I don't know, man. He can. And I actually love the Fast and Furious movies almost in spite of him. It's just disgusting how much money he makes for his fucking roles. But whatever. All right. That's the end of episode 107. What do you guys want to leave the people with, Matt? Any words of wisdom? Uh, wash your hands. That's very good. Smart. Banner, just the usual. Yeah, usual. Just pull over for emergency vehicles, especially in this time of, of really health uh, 
pandemic. I don't know. I lost train of thought halfway through that, but still pull over for emergency vehicles. Let me uh, look if you're obviously we all know what's going on with the coronavirus. Hopefully we could give you a little break from that. But if you're going to Target, can you just fucking chill out with buying up all the hand sanitizer and the toilet paper? I just needed one bottle of hand sanitizer. And the women at Target laughed at me like in Jingle All the Way when Arnold is looking for a Turbo Man doll. Well, if you're really serious about it, why don't you maybe go to the other side and get some organic vegetables and fruits? Maybe that'll help you more than hand sanitizer. I don't know. What do I know, though? I'm fat as fuck. Yeah, what are you, like, pushing yeah. four bills now? <laughs> just, I thought you had, like, a Java the Hut filter on your Skype, and I realized it's just... I guess. All right, for our enforcer in the paint, Matt Geiger, and the mad scientist, Brian Banner, I'm the mayor, Jeff Hornacek. Thank you guys for checking us out. Follow us on Twitter at Bro4Squad. You'll catch all the uh, live matchups for the female animated character movie madness there. You'll also find them on our website, Bro4Squad.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Type in Bro4Squad as three separate words there. And check out all of our reviews on Letterboxd.com. I type it in Bro4Squad again as three separate words. Till next time, we'll see you at the movies. Bloodshot, more like suck. Roasted. <laughs>